You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. My, my name's Luke Cartwright. I'm the I work for Christful Nations, which is a tremendous privilege. I'm here to represent them today. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about what's happening. But also, I really do feel God wants to encourage you. Because who would love to see that in the UK? Who would love to see that in Hereford? Is it a different God in Africa? It's not a different God. It's the same God. And so sometimes we look at that and we think, what, what's the difference? And shall, shall I tell you, this is one thing. I was in Nigeria two years ago. Uh, it was the first crusade. I've worked for Christ Full Nations for five years. It was the first crusade I went to. And what really amazed me was that we were on the ground, a typical crusade like that, we will be on the ground for about two or maybe three months beforehand, about 200 of us working with about 3,000 churches. Imagine if 3,000 churches were working together in the UK, we would see that. 3,000 churches in the UK working together for months in order to reach the lost, we would see this. Because um, Psalm 133, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. There the Lord bestows, commands his blessing. And uh, we, we do have issues in this country the biggest issue we have without a shadow of a doubt is comfort. Comfort is a killer. Uh, because uh, uh, this morning, can I just say the worship team did a great job and every word I felt this morning brought was specific. The Holy Spirit is here. I am desperate for the Holy Spirit every day of my life. Everything I do without the Holy Spirit glorifies Luke. But everything I do with the Holy Spirit glorifies the Father. We desperately need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. You do not need comfort. If you do not need comforting, you do not need the comforter. And so my challenge this morning, I'm going to talk a bit about CFAN, but the challenge this morning, with all the love in my heart, I want to encourage every single one of you to become uncomfortable and to think in your life, think right now about you and your life. Think about your, your family and, you know, your situation and your job and where God has placed you. And just think about your day-to-day -day activities and think, what do you do at the moment which you do not want to do? but you do it because of him. And I tell you, that's an exciting place to be. God has challenged me over the last couple of years with Christ for Nations to start doing something I, in the flesh, do not want to do. Think about it. If we only do what we want to do in the flesh, we're no different to an animal. I've got a dog, Bailey, lovely dog, and he does what he wants to do. He'll embarrass us when guests come around. Do you know what I mean? He acts completely on what he wants to do. When he wants to poo, he will poo. When he wants to wee, he wees. He is an animal. We are not animals. 
We are created in the image of God. And so we have to, if you want to please God, you can only please him by faith. And faith means to step out and do something that you don't want to do in the natural. Becoming uncomfortable is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Because if you're uncomfortable, you need comforting. And the Holy Spirit is a comforter. And if you want a supernatural life, which is going to really make a difference, you're going to have to do things you do not want to do in the flesh. You know, 96%, 96% of Western Christians don't regularly share their faith. One thing, you know, when Jesus left this, when Jesus left the earth, went back to heaven, his parting words, I always think when I leave, when I leave home, my parting words to my wife are the most important words. I love you. And remember to feed the dog. Do you mean our, our parting words are the most important things? We, they need to happen. I want my wife to know that I dearly love her and she really does need to feed the dog. And so as Jesus was leaving the planet, he had parting words, the most important words. And do you know what they were? He said, all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So go, go, don't stay. Don't bring people together. Go into all the nations, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Those were the words from, and then I'm sure he said, I love you and remember to feed the dog. But those were the parting words of Jesus. And yet it's, a, it's the one thing, it's the one thing 96% of Western Christians don't tend to do. And there's a good reason for it. And uh, like I said before, a lot of it is comfort. It's comfort. And so we kind of work out our Christianity around it. Or maybe we think we are following that out but in our way because we're all unique and God uses all and I do agree with that but I'll say it again what are you doing in the natural which you do not want to do what are you prepared to step into and before we carry on I'm going to talk a bit about CFAM but I just want us to pray because I don't want this to be me I really want to invite the Holy Spirit to bring conviction in just a moment of time the Holy Spirit can bring conviction that can change us forever and so we, I just want to encourage you to raise your hands and I just pray right now. I thank you, Jesus, that you are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the meaning and purpose of our lives. You are the great I am and we worship you. And we just invite your Holy Spirit. We invite your Holy Spirit to come and be with us. I pray right now your Holy Spirit might move upon our minds and our hearts. Bring your conviction. I pray words from Luke will fall away, but conviction from God might change us forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Holy Spirit, I really want to encourage you, you desperately need the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ created the universe. He spoke for stars into being. He became flesh and walked on this planet. When he was walking on this planet, he spent three years, almost every day, pouring himself into his disciples teaching them, instructing them. Do you know what happened after three years of being taught by Jesus Christ? They all deserted him. All the great Bible studies in the world are not going to change you. All the great teaching and words are not going to change you. And in one moment, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. 
and they were transformed and they boldly went out. But before they had the doors locked because they were scared they were going to be crucified. Then all of a sudden they were out declaring Jesus and in one day 3,000 people were added to their number. If we want to see signs like we saw appear in the UK, we must become emboldened and be filled with the Holy Spirit and to step out because it's a supernatural life. So Christ for all nations, uh, before I forget, because I've got an awful memory, there is a load of books on there. It's a 60-day devotional written by Daniel Kalender. It's really encouraging, and there's one for every one of you. All you need to do is fill in a form, and the form means you'll be added to our mailing list. It means you'll be, you'll be receiving updates about all the unbelievable things that are happening in Africa. And in Africa, there was a, there's this window of opportunity. In, in the summer, I went there for my summer holidays with my kids, and we went amongst schools and we saw over 3,000 children in two days give their lives to Jesus. That was, yes, come on, let's thank you. It's not thanking me, thank Jesus. But, and I'll tell you why, because I am fed up. I am fed up after a lifetime of sitting in church and reading the Bible. The Bible says things like his power at work in us can do far more than we dare ask or imagine. But I spent my whole life sitting in church I love the local church. I love this. I, this is God's plan to reach the UK. I truly believe that of all my heart. And after years and years of sitting in the local church, I became incredibly frustrated because if his spirit at work in us can do far more than we dare ask or imagine, I could dare ask or imagine quite a lot. And yet I was living such a boring, tedious life from Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. And I finally, thank God for Christ for Nations, uh, took this job, which I didn't even want. I needed a job. I'm an accountant. I took a job as a finance director for Christ for Nations. I, I was struggling because Christ for Nations is about huge platforms in Africa. My heart's for a local church. But I needed a job and I felt a peace to take this job. After two years, I was asked to step up and lead the U- to be the UK director for Christ for All Nations. I was very honest with Daniel Kalender and said, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not even a fan of evangelism. Just being completely honest, I don't think people, crazy people should be on the street. I think we should be sharing with our family. That's what I truly believed. But I, but I felt a peace. And, and so I took that position. And you know what? God, over the last three years, has transformed my thinking in terms of evangelism. And that's what I really want to encourage you with today, that evangelism is awkward. Nobody in their natural flesh wants to do evangelism. Do you know what I mean? Else everyone would be doing evangelism. 96% of Western Christians don't regularly share their faith for the simple fact that it is awkward. But I am here to encourage you that if you just start taking little steps in the right direction, you'll be amazed at how much God will use you. It's impossible to have an authentic Christian life without evangelism. It's impossible to be obedient to God without evangelism. We are, every Christian is called to share the gospel. Every single Christian is called to be fruitful. 
In, in John 15, read John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. My father cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. We are called to be fruitful. It goes on to say that by bearing fruit, you give glory to my father in heaven. We, every single one of you is created each and every one of you was chosen before the creation of the universe to bear fruit and to be fruitful. And I sat in church for 40 years and didn't bear fruit, and but was frustrated. Me and my family and wife, we gave ourselves to the church. We served our socks off. I was on every team. I was drumming. I was on the finance team. I was an elder. I was the best Christian in the world. I was a really good Christian. I pat myself on the back and I was doing everything, but I was deeply, deeply dissatisfied. And I pray right now that if you aren't being obedient in your life, that you may be deeply, deeply dissatisfied because God has got so much for us. He wants to use you in the most supernatural way, but you have to be obedient. You have to step out. If you read John 15, 11 times, 11 times, Jesus says, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me and you'll bear fruit, remain in me and I'll remain in the Father. 11 times, he tells us to remain in me. Who thinks that Jesus is trying to tell us something? He wants us to remain in him. It's the most wonderful place to remain, at the feet of Jesus, the meaning of life, the creator of the universe. There's no greater place to remain than at the feet of Jesus. But do you know what he says nine times? Nine times he says, and you will bear fruit, and you will bear fruit, and you will bear fruit. We need to remain in him, and we need to bear fruit. And I really want to encourage you. You may think I am not an evangelist. You may think that you are the, the least gifted person when it comes to it. I want to encourage you. God wants to use you if you're willing. It's nothing to do with our gifting. It's everything to do with obedience. Uh, Christful Nations, I will talk about Christful Nations. We were um, in Zambia this year. We were there in May. Um, and during the crusade, you know, we had 2.4 million people turn out for the crusade. 2.4 million people and over a million documented decisions for Christ. Over a million people filled in a form with their contact details because they wanted to give their life to Christ and be planted in a local church. And like I said, we'll work, we, on average, we'll work with like 3,000 churches. So 3,000 churches are working through a million decisions and to start discipling. We do not want decisions. We want disciples. And, and, and you know, that, that's a really important thing. So we were in Zambia. Something like that costs us a million pounds. And you could think a million pounds, couldn't that be spent better? Absolutely not. Because if a million salvations is a million pounds, that's an absolute bargain. That's like an open window we must take advantage of. And so we have evangelists in Africa all the time. Now, like I said, when I started working for Christful Nations, I wasn't overly on board. My wife's actually from Tanzania, so I do love Africa, you know, in that sense. But um, I didn't really have a heart for evangelism, and I had a heart for the UK, not Africa. But, and for most of Christful Nations history, next year we're 50 years old. Reinhard Bonnke has been on the platform through most of it. And then Daniel Kalender has been on a platform through most of it. 
But in the last four years, something fundamental has shifted. And this has changed everything for me with Christful Nations. It's what's called the decade of double harvest. Instead of just one person on a platform, we are raising up evangelists. We are stirring Christians to realize that every one of us is called to be fruitful. And so the decade of double harvest is all about, it's not just Daniel Kalender on a platform, but it's raising up hundreds of thousands of evangelists. There's people I know in this church who have done things like our fire camps. We do a one week course, which will change your life. Again, it's not necessarily for evangelists, it's for Christians who really want to step into what God has for them. So Tracy here and Diane, I don't know if there's other people in the church, but Tracy and Diane did one of our fire camps. And I think if you want to know if it impacts your life, talk to Tracy after, because I think Tracy, I'm pretty sure, became way more fruitful in terms of reaching people. But not only that, I don't want to boast about Tracy, but I will do. Tracy and Diane went to Kenya and we're part of a team which saw around 20,000, maybe more, young people give their lives to Christ. So when we look at the Bible and we read, his power at work can do far more than we dare ask or imagine. I want to encourage you, it can, but it's dependent upon our obedience and us being willing to be brave. And I really want to encourage you, anything is possible in your life. Anything is possible in your life. I don't care about your natural ability. I don't care about anything or your situations. Anything is possible for someone with faith. The only person standing between you and amazing things is yourself. I often think that the most dangerous person in someone's life is yourself. I sometimes think you could be married to an axe murderer. And you would still be the most dangerous person in your life. I hope no one's married to an axe murder here. But um, you are the only person standing in the way in your life if you're not obedient. So God has given you the authority, the free will to choose. And I really want to encourage you, if you're feeling stirred, if you really want God to use you, and if you really want to step out, I want to encourage you that you have to just start taking small steps in the right direction. You just have to start taking small steps in the right direction. So I'm going to read, and I feel this is a, in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 12. Uh, actually, if you go from verse 10, Paul says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But for each, each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid which is Jesus Christ if anyone builds on this foundation using gold silver costly stones or wood hay or straw their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only one is escaping through the flames. So what we build with is going to be tested. It's going to be tested in this life by trials. And if it doesn't last because we were building with wood, hay and straw, you will still be saved, but like someone escaping from a fire. 
Imagine getting to heaven. Imagine getting to heaven for eternity. I mean, I can't even imagine what that is, but for eternity in heaven. Imagine spending an eternity in heaven and the whole time you're smelling of smoke. Could you imagine people walking up to you, angels walking past you and saying, what's that burning smell? And you say, oh, I'm sorry, it's, it's me. And they say, why do you smell of smoke? Oh, I was building with wood, hay and straw. And the angels are like, why were you building with, weren't you building with costly stones, gold and silver? Well, no, because, because. And the reality is each one of us, each one of you will be answerable for what you do or don't do. And none of us can pull our pastor before Jesus with us and say, well, he kind of encouraged me to be on the car park or, he, do you know what I mean? He encouraged me this or that. The reality is each one of us will be answerable for what we do. And so this verse three or four years ago really impacted me because I was in a dilemma. I knew I was building with wood, hay and straw, that I was giving myself tirelessly, selflessly, but I couldn't help but feel I was giving myself to something which wasn't eternal. And then thank God that he used Christ for nations to challenge me. So now I'm heading up Christ for all nations. And I'm not a fan of evangelism. It was awkward. And so I feel like I need to do something. So I took myself to Orlando. There's an amazing evangelist called Scott McNamara who came up with Jesus at the Door, which is a two-minute gospel presentation. I highly recommend it. I went to Orlando and lived with him for a week. I felt like I needed to get out of my comfort zone. I needed to break the fear of man. And I needed to work out for myself, what is this with evangelism? I lived with him for a week and it really was something. First of all, the most amazing thing was that he was normal. He was normal. He wasn't that different to me. I was expecting an evangelist to be crazy, to be wacky and to be really out there. But he really wasn't. He was super normal. He had a lovely family, lovely children. He took me to Walmart. That's probably where it got weird. He took me to Walmart and he started approaching people whilst pushing a trolley in Walmart. Four people in a row he approached using Jesus at a door, which is a two minute gospel presentation. And four people in a row in Walmart gave their lives to Christ. And I'm, yeah, I'm, think, I'm thinking, well, I mean, I, 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 could, I could tell he is an evangelist. Do you know what I mean? God used him. I, I was just really amazed. And they gave their lives. They gave him his number. They agreed to go to new believers groups. I mean, they didn't just make a decision. They, they were moved it was really something. I always remember the one lady, he's speaking to this lady, and I've got to be honest, she, she wasn't getting it. She was pretty stoic. But he, he was going through this gospel presentation, and she seemed relatively unmoved. Halfway through, you were offered to pray. You say, can I pray for you to feel the presence of God? There's a step of faith. So he asks this, and she says, if you want, yes. And he prays for her, and I can tell she did not feel a thing. She was unmoved. And then just as he got to the end, he got, the Holy Spirit gave Scott a word and Scott said, I feel you are carrying tremendous anxiety for your daughter. And she burst out crying. She burst out crying. And just as she's crying, a young girl with Down syndrome walked over and put her arm around her and said, why are you crying, mommy? And then we were all crying. 
So I mean, so God, the Holy Spirit, used this word of knowledge to absolutely break open this woman who was as cold as anything. She was not feeling it. And this is a thing I really want to challenge you with. Too often we can think, but people aren't interested. Of course, they're not because they're comfortable and they don't need God. But if you're prepared to step out and partner with the Holy Spirit, he will give you the words to say, which will crack open even the hardest heart. That woman was never the same again. She was in Walmart shopping with her disabled daughter, going through the struggles of life. Some guy offers to pray with her. She's probably quite angry with God. And then in that moment, God tells her that he loves her and has plans for her and that God loves his daughter and she needs to hand over that anxiety. And that's, this is why speaking to a stranger is actually a wonderful thing. So then I'm with Scott and he gives me the card and now he says, it's your turn. So now I'm petrified because as we've said, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a fan of evangelism. So now I've got to approach someone and go through this gospel presentation. And I can see this uh, lovely old lady and she's smiling at me like maybe she likes me. And so I think I'm definitely going to go through it with her because I feel like, and he says, no, speak to that couple. And he points to this young, young couple pushing a trolley full of food with a screaming baby. And I'm thinking, I mean, everything about their faces said, stay away. And so I said to Scott, I'm going to speak to this. The Holy Spirit's telling me to speak to this old lady who's smiling at me. And Scott says, no, speak to the young couple. So I approach this young couple with his card and I start going through the card and, and stuff. And they stop and they're listening to me and I'm stuttering and I'm reading it and I keep digressing. And I'm, I, I absolutely was awful. And I got to the end of a card where I have to ask them if they want to make a decision to follow Christ. And in my heart, I'm just thinking, get it over and done with, because this is embarrassing. I've got to move on. At least, at least I can pat myself on the back and say, I've, you know, stepped out. They accepted Jesus. You know, they, 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 they accepted Jesus. And so I'm thinking, this is unbelievable. So I'm praying with them. And then they're giving me their numbers and they want to come to this new belief. And, you know, and I realize it's not about us. It's not about my gifting or personality or charisma or ability to talk. It's about obedience. And if you're prepared to declare the name of Jesus, I guarantee the Holy Spirit will not let you down. Jesus said, if you proclaim me before man, I will proclaim you before your father in heaven. Too many of us, and I was one for so long, we do not proclaim the name of Jesus. You know, think of when Jesus said to Peter, who do you say I am? He said to all this, and, and Peter proclaimed, you are the Messiah, the Christ. And Jesus was, yes, the Holy Spirit revealed this to you, not flesh. And then, and then Jesus went on to say, on this rock. Now, I don't think he just meant Peter, but upon the declaration of Jesus Christ, on this declaration, this someone prepared to proclaim the name of Jesus I will build my church. That's really something. And we need, the, the church, the local church is the answer for the UK, but we need to start proclaiming the name of Jesus. Now, we all know what um, Peter went on to do. Literally seven verses later, uh, he's telling Jesus, you really shouldn't have to suffer. You, you know, it's, you really shouldn't have to die. That's just not fair. And, and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. 
How could he get it so right and get it so wrong? And the reality is, and this is it, comfort. Jesus, Peter was saying to Jesus, no, you, you shouldn't have to die. And, and in our lives, we say, oh, no, I shouldn't have to suffer. I shouldn't have to do anything that makes me feel uncomfortable. God would never ask me to do something that makes me feel uncomfortable. Jesus said, unless you are prepared to take up your cross, you are not, you are not fit to be my disciples. We have to, we have to take up our cross. We have to, each and every one of you has to work out what it is for yourself. But I can't help but feel taking up your cross is going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to be fun. But I also know this, that you will not be disappointed. I have spent so many years disappointed, really bitterly disappointed. Disappointed where I was angry with God. Angry with God. I remember spending 10 years in one church where I really felt God had planted us. And I was absolutely livid with God because I, I knew that we were not to be in that church, that, that, that place, it was purely to do with a Sunday. And I was really angry with God. I was very angry with God because I felt that he'd brought us there. And, and God clearly told me, <laughs> I never asked you to sow yourself in the things in which you're sowing. I had spent 10 years building with wood, hay and straw, wood, hay and straw. And, and God wants us to build with precious stones. So what are precious stones? What, what is the meaning of life? What is the thing we should be doing? They asked Jesus, what's the meaning of life? What's the most important thing? And I think you'd all agree, it's God and people. Jesus said, love Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbour as yourself. All the laws of the prophets hang upon this. And most, I'm sure if we're all Christians here and I was to ask you, what's the meaning of life? You would all say, you would all say, the meaning of life is to love God and to love people. In fact, we, we show our love for God by loving people. Because it says, you, how can you say you love a God you can't see if you don't love your brother who you do see? So we know that loving people is absolutely foundational. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a foundation. We have to love people. Now, in reality, so this is a difficult thing to say, but let's just imagine we were to do a video diary of each one of you. Say we were to follow you for two weeks and do a video diary and make a note and you weren't aware that we were following you. So you just carry on as you normally would. And we were to just note down and list all the things which you do, all the, the, the time you spent looking at auto trade, the time you, you spent uh, maybe in your job, the time you spent on your phone, the time you spend uh, dreaming about a kitchen family dining room, do you know what I mean? This kind of thing, bifold doors and lovely tiles. If we were to do a two-week diary and we were to put down everything and then we were to place it in order of time spent doing this, time spent doing that, even bad habits or things you shouldn't be doing, time spent doing this, that would tell us what you really believe the meaning of life is. And that's very harsh. That's very difficult for you to really think, what do I really spend my life doing? And th this was me. Um, and this is still me. I mean, let me, I am speaking to myself, but I know that Christ has got so much for us. But the thing he wants us to do is to sow our lives into people. And there's something about evangelism which can be transformative. We are all called to do it. We're all called to bear fruit. We're all called to give witness. It doesn't mean we've all got the, the placing of an evangelist, 
the office of an evangelist, but we should be evangelists are called to help the body to share the gospel. So I really want to encourage you. All you need to start doing is taking small steps in the right direction. So when, when I spent this time with Scott, I came back to the UK and I started going onto the streets and, and doing this and I hated it. It was so uncomfortable walking in a street and approaching a stranger. But let me say this, for my whole life, I have got all of my family and all of my friends and all of my neighbours and all of my work colleagues to come to church. Like I said, I am the best Christian. I am really professional. And do you know what difference it's made? None. Are any of them saved? No. Because bringing them to church doesn't change their lives. The gospel changes lives. The gospel changes lives. And the world is not going to come to church. We have to go to the world. And then this Sunday should be a celebration where we celebrate the amazing things God's doing. And people will be added to this number but they will be added because we're brave enough to go. And I really want to encourage you with all of my heart that God wants to use you if you're willing. For Christful Nations, like I said, my job is actually to raise funds. Uh, I, I want to encourage you, please grab a book. Please fill in a form. Please stay connected. But the way we're raising funds at the moment in the UK is by speaking to Christians like yourself and asking you to support and stand with us but by doing workshops. We did a workshop with you a couple of months ago and we would do a workshop whenever someone asks us and we do not charge a penny. But what we do is we, we have some fantastic tools. Jesus at the door is one of them. And we come along and we help people to just learn a simple tool, how to share the gospel. What is the gospel? How to share it with a stranger? Because like I said, I've spent my whole time with my family and friends a prophet is without honour in his hometown. Familiarity breeds contempt. But if you speak to a stranger, if you speak to someone in the town who does not know you, you will be amazed at how open they are about the state of their eternal salvation, the state of their heart. And so that was a real revelation to me to see that even though I struggle with my family and friends, if I'm brave enough, if I go out onto the town, God brings someone along. In, in, in once, a, once a week, me and our office, we go out onto the town. And it, every week we see salvation. Every week. If you go out and are intentional, God will show you someone to lead to Christ. You just have to be prepared to. But then what happens is your confidence changes. You, you learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and now when you're with your friends and family and neighbours and loved ones and work colleagues, you are so much more equipped to share the gospel. You are so much more equipped and ready to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, to be brave, to speak into something. I am going to close because we've run out of time, but I just want to pray for you and I want to leave you with this. There are two million maybe more people just like us on a Sunday who go to church, two million, two million people who on a Sunday go to church. And like we said, 96% at the moment do not share their faith. Imagine if two million Christians 
all of a sudden decided that they were fed up and that they believed the word of God and believed that his power at work in us can do far more than we dare ask or imagine, wanted to start building with precious stones and gold and silver. And they just started reaching out. Imagine if two million people, they just reached one person in a year and then started discipling that person. And then that person also did the same. You know, within five years, the whole of the UK would be saved. And that sounds ridiculous. It's multiplication. It's what we should be doing. Discipling people to disciple people. And I've got to be honest, I could talk for hours about discipleship and how it brings purpose and meaning, responsibility. When you suddenly get responsibility, you are never the same again. When my wife gave birth to our first child, Judah, who's now 15, she was changed forever because the responsibility of bearing natural fruit meant that she could no longer live for herself. When you give birth spiritually and start to actually disciple that person, it's transformative and you will never, ever be the same again, but you will feel tremendous purpose and meaning. And too many Christians don't feel mean. And I'm going to finish with this phrase. Reinhard Bonnke said, the church not saving the lost is lost itself. And I want to pray for you right now. If you're feeling sometimes in your Christian faith lost and wondering what is it that God wants you to do, I want you to raise your arms. If you want me to encourage you right now, actually stand to your feet if you want me to pray for you to be emboldened. If you want right now to say, God, help me to step out, help me to be brave. I want to ask you to stand to your feet. We have to step out. We have to go because we are carrying this messages. So I thank you for this church. I thank you for these beautiful people. I thank you for these children of the living God who are standing. I pray right now for your Holy Spirit to move upon every single person standing. I pray for boldness. I pray for encouragement. I pray more than anything for your Holy Spirit to change our thinking, transform and renew our minds. I pray for that right now. I pray right now for everyone standing that they may be intentional. Make a decision to take small steps in the right direction. I pray for that, Father God. I pray for fruit in this room. I pray for testimonies. I pray, Father God, for the joy of sharing testimonies of people saved as a result of the people standing. I pray this week that you will increase the desire for people to reach people for you. I pray that you will increase the desire and that this week every single one of us will say, God, give us that amazing conversation this week. Help us to be brave. Help us to know who we are, children of a living God, and help us to step out in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Let's just give a round of applause to God. Let's just thank him for who he is. And just this this final word If you seriously want to change, if you want to step out and become fruitful, I encourage you to talk to Tracy, to to connect with any of the team who go out and actually just start by asking if they could show you Jesus at the door or just ask, you know, just start getting equipped. Just say, you know what, I am going to at least get trained and I'm just going to, even if you step out, say, with Tracy and you just watch, you don't even have to, I'm not going to say no, I'm just going to watch. You're putting yourself out there. Little steps in the right direction. 
and God will do for us. Thank you.